Hello everyone, welcome back to the Scale Riders podcast. My name is Brandon Boyd, known also as Brando Commando 1986. I'm happy to welcome you to episode 188. Enjoy, as the model car culture is covered from all across the planet. What's up, Edgar? What's up, everybody? Andres 3000, L-U-G-K. So the question I was asked was, what is my favorite part of a build and why? That would have to be the interior. However, I like to have, as many times as possible, the the paint already done, decals on, clear-coated, cut, polished all that chassis finished uh engine finished and in the chassis uh and the wheels and tires done so the interior is either halfway done um almost done or barely started the reason for that is i have a picture in my mind of what i want the interior to be like but it's very hard for me to envision past a certain point like Okay, so is this color for the body going to go good with the interior? I try to pay more attention to the interior than the body or anything else because I sometimes tend to treat these models um, like a car in real life. I'm riding inside. You know what I'm saying? I'm not riding on the hood. I'm not riding on the trunk. I'm not riding on on a wheel, on a rim. I'm I'm riding in the interior, so that's very important. I, I want to be comfortable. I want I want it to look uh, nice. You know, I want to add any accessories or make any custom touches that I like for me. And and anything else is comes second, right? Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I tackle the interior. Um, for instance, uh, I might throw a Mexican blanket on the dashboard just because here in Texas, the um, or on the seat, you know, the, the heat is so bad that it'll fade everything. Uh, I mean, within a matter of months, uh, if you if you don't have a carport, if you don't have a garage to store your ride in, the sun won't do that. Um, then, depending on the body color. Uh, I'll decide the interior, the color of the interior, if I want to go with flock for, for carpet um, or with paint for leather. If I want to do seat belts, if I want to add um, like a custom air freshener, if I want to add a sound system in the back, for instance, on the Fox Body Mustangs or any hatch hatchback um, that has the window uh, that shows the rear, you can add your sound system, um, throw a couple of magazines in the back or in the back seat, um, maybe a milk crate with some records or uh, spray paint or maybe some quarts of oil. Uh, It's really endless. And then if you have decals for the gauges, you can throw those on there. And if you don't, I mean, uh, Knobin's Customs, Doug, 
he uh, he told me to go ahead and foil the bare metal foil the gauge cluster, painted flat black, and then with a fine while while it's not dry well it's not fully dry but it's not wet wet. You grab a fine Q-tip. I use those ones from Tamiya, and you know I kind of dip it in a little bit of uh, paint thinner and rub against the tick marks, the speedometer, all that, and it. It, it removes the paint and reveals the the chrome foil, so that's how you detail the the gauge cluster when you don't have decals. Uh, what else? For instance, if I want to do a different shifter, um, I have that option. If I want to do two tone, not only on the uh, seats but on the door cards as well, the door panels. Um, if I want to cut some. Lexan plastic and uh, simulate a window halfway rolled down. If I want to add the club's plaque on the back or on the front passenger or front driver window, if I want to do decals on the on on the windows, but you know, you if you're looking at from the outside, it kind of blends in with the interior. Uh, you don't want to tint the windows um, because you want to see what's inside of the car. Um, and it also kind of helps uh, a little contrast a little bit the interior with the decal if that makes any sense. Uh, I, I, I like doing special touches like that. Maybe dice um, from the rearview mirror. Um, there's just endless possibilities, right? You can deca uh, detail an interior countless ways um, to your liking. And I, that is why it's my favorite part of the build. I really do enjoy um, the polishing, like cutting up the, the paint and stuff. I like that because I don't think about anything while I'm doing it. It takes me about two, three hours, depending on if I'm <laughs> drinking or not. But my favorite part is the interior. You know, um, it, it, it just it, it's something that to me is more important than anything else, because like I said, on a real car, I ride inside. I don't ride on the outside. So uh, that's that's where I'm at with with uh, with the favorite part of, of a build is the interior. Edgar, I really enjoy listening to your podcast, uh, especially these little one-on-one -on -one IG segments. Um, I really like these. It uh, helps me know who's out there building and what they're building. Um, even reach out to them for advice or um, just pick their brain like hey how did you approach this or or that was pretty cool man and, and it gives me ideas so keep up the great work man I, I appreciate it I know everybody else does um, shout outs to everybody uh, that's building and any newcomers I mean we won't welcome you guys um, LUGK all day shout out to all the club members and uh, yeah man thanks for having me on this uh, segment and uh, I'll make it short um, I don't want to bore anybody. Sometimes I bore myself. So peace out. Hey, Edgar, what's up? It's Alfonso Camacho, MCBA underscore Alfonso nine zero seven four four on Insta. Um, my bench, I got a few, got a few things on here. I got a Nissan R three ninety GT. Doing some detail work on it. Engines coming along. Um, getting the body set up, prepped on a sixty five. Uh, Lowrider. That one's fully fully opened up. Going to do some more detail on that. It's going to take a while. 
still haven't decided on paint like always um other than that just um going doing some body work on a few on a few things trying to get them ready for paint but staying busy hope everybody's doing go hello everyone uh my name is javier i got a question here from 65 lokes from scale riders uh what did I love about model building as a kid? So I started building models um, when I was, I think, like 11 or 12 years old. Um, the first thing that I love off, off the bat was the model car culture is low riding. The low rider cars were my favorite cars growing up. I always loved, you know, all kinds of muscle cars. I still to this day. Um, but there was something about low rider cars uh, the Latino culture that I just connected with and my love came out of that. Um, the first time I saw a real like a candy paint job, my cousin Ralph had a blazer. Um, he had a lowrider blazer and uh, it was candy green and I, I just fell in love with it. Um, it was really cool. He let me turn it on. I remember I got in the in the driver's seat and everything and uh, uh, we went out for a for a cruise and we went out to the to the freeway and everything and my love came out of that that was the first time i ever before that i didn't really know much about lowriders i never really seen one and um i remember how people in the street were, were looking at us like wow that's so cool that's such a nice ride and you know it was like wow you know you you knew right away you know your the car you were in was a lot different than all the other cars driving around so my biggest thing was out of just love for cars and i think that's something that a lot of us car guys that we share um i didn't realize it so till i was much older how many people build models um at the same time when i when i used to build them as a kid there was a place down here in san carlos called jnm hobby hobby house um, about two years ago they um they closed their doors forever and i remember i went down there and i told the two owners i said you know i never thought about this until now and i wanted to come tell you guys that part of the reason why I stayed out of the streets and out of trouble was because I was building models as a kid. Um, there's just some satisfaction about getting a box and ripping it open and, you know, cleaning all the parts and everything, separating it and planning it in your head, how you were going to paint it, what you were going to do to it. And then the gratification when you were done that you accomplished it. I remember even my relatives were like, wow, you built that? Like, you know, and then, of course, Lowrider Magazine, uh, the Lowrider Bicycle Magazine, that started coming out. And, you know, you started seeing names like Armando Flores, Gary Seeds, David Anthony Garcia. And you were like, wow, they they took this like to another level. I've never seen anything like that. Um, real candy jobs. At the time, I was only using like testers, uh, testers paint. They had the little cans of the candy red that lasted you for very little. And then, you know, you had to get to grab another can and all that and it was cool and everything but um around that time i started airbrushing and i had a cousin mario that um had a had a body shop down the street and i asked him hey man can you get me some paint and he got me some real paint and i was able to spray it uh thin it down enough to spray it through the through the airbrush uh, i also used a lot of nail polish um because it was thin enough that you could spray it and that kind of upped my level. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of us that 
are into building model cars we also have we grew up to have other skills like uh like blue collar trades that you know that plumbers do construction i'm good with my hands i can work um and build a lot of things and i still paint to this day i i build a lot of other things and i'm very you know i'm very i'm such a creative person um and i owe that a lot to building models it all started with models and it's always going to be very near and dear to my heart and of course the years passed you know um the laura bicycle magazine started you know showing how to do the fuzzy fur and uh you know the the i was running down the rail shack trying to get the motors and everything to do the switches to make the hydraulics to make it hop we owned a business in redwood city and i every once in a while I run into someone that is like oh i remember you from the business you were always building those little cars and you know i remember you used to hop them over there with your friends and everything i had a buddy that lived uh where we had the business he lived a couple houses behind there um, Arturo Hiveria and his brothers build models and he built models and you know we were just all like a small group of uh, guys that were into these cars and these models and you know the friendships that came out of that was also pretty cool but you know going to school and showing everyone what you accomplish what you build was pretty awesome it's a pretty awesome feeling of gratification all the time spent we all know you know everyone that builds models knows how much time it uh it takes to do those things i think a, a lot of my patience comes from that um and a lot of skill sets you know you you learn how to you know you got to prep these things you got to wash them right you got to sand them you got to paint i'm a custom painter right now i'm working on a, i have a 96 impala and i'm i did the all the interior the plastic and it's funny it's like i'm building my own model car again except it's one that i'm gonna be able to drive when i'm done with it and you know you still got to prep everything make sure everything is nice and sanded just right so the paint sticks um and you know it, it it the creativity i remember i could walk into a hobby store and look at a model and i could already visualize it in my head oh i want to paint it candy red and i want to do this and i want to do that um also you know you you get a lot of uh you get a you get you get a a lot of uh, creativity comes from looking at these lowrider magazines, man. You're like, wow, how, how is this guy doing that? I remember I was blown away the first time I saw uh, Local 64 from Armando Flores. I couldn't believe that that it was real. I had no idea how he did it um, at the time, and it's just amazing. Still to this day, one of the best models ever built. Um, and, you know, you want to be like that. You want to emulate people. And go, oh, look, I want it like that. I want to, you know, have it more look candy red, uh, cranberry. And so all the love came out of that. Uh, I still wear a brush to this day. Um, I do uh, I do all kinds of work. I do, you know, from small things to big projects. And it all comes from the love of lowriders, from building those cars. And I am and will always be grateful for that. Um it's something that I hold very near and dear. I still have a couple. I think I have a original 64, the blue one on the box. Um, and a couple other models I have in there put away. And uh, eventually when I get done with my jobs, I'm going to set some time away and get back into it and see what I can come up with as an adult. You know, um, much love and much respect to all the people out there who build models. I, I met Edgar actually uh, at a Danny D class in Redwood City. He did a, a paint class and I didn't know that people were still into building models until I talked to Edgar and another guy named Luis. And they're like, yeah, we still, you know, we do this, this culture. And I went online. I didn't have an Instagram at the time. And I went on there and just was blown away that there's so many um, 
good clubs out there that are still building models and all that so much props to that to keeping the culture alive uh it's a wonderful thing if you have kids i highly recommend you know you get your son a little model car and build it with them and teach them a good skill set you know get them off their phone for a little bit you know a lot of us from this age from this age um we're built different you know we have these set skills and i owe it again i owe it all to my love of model cars What's up guys, Brando here again. So, a little insight on my most recent build. Uh, I built the AMT 1950 Chevy 3100 pickup. Um, I built one about four years ago um, for my dad. He learned how to drive on that specific model of truck. So I built one and um, had him walk me through what he remembered about it. And uh, then a couple years later, I bought another one, and I wanted to um, do more of a weathered, uh, rusty look. And uh, kind of the opposite. The other, the other one was restored. So I went ahead and uh, got the parts taken out. This is back in January, February. I got all the parts prepped up. Uh, I gouged out the panels and the, the body and cabin hood and stuff and created a bunch of damage, and then I airbrushed the... Uh, truck with a rust color so um, after that I dabbed a little bit of dark rust on it with a foam brush and uh, I wanted to try the salt uh, method the salting method for uh, for the for the rust look there so basically I salted it up a little bit and uh, put it back in the box and it sat around for months and months and here we are we had the recovery build off um kick off and i pulled it out of the stash and it was, it's the only build i haven't finished after starting it's really the only one i've set aside so it was a good time to um get it finished so i had a hard time getting motivated to start it i was working on a couple other projects too i believe but i wrapped those up and then uh just having a hard time getting motivated but some of the guys helped me uh get moving on it and that was good the timing of it was kind of off a little bit because uh, my dad wasn't doing very well and i was doing a, a lot of traveling um, on the weekends to go visit him um and so it was just a difficult difficult time getting through that that build but nevertheless the process uh to to start uh the second round was uh I wasn't too thrilled with the where I laid the salt and um I actually had a hard time if I remember right placing it exactly where I wanted it to be and such so I I figured I'd reverse the method and what I did was knocked all the salt off and for the most part doused the 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 cab and all the parts in water and um didn't leave them sopping wet but left them damp and then uh, added salt all around the entirety of, of each panel in the cab uh, and the hood and all that so from there what I did is I removed salt to um, be able to reveal the paint so it was kind of just backwards there um, you'd usually just add salt um, where you want rust to be revealed but with this process I removed salt where I would want paint to be shown so um yeah I did the salting I let it dry real well and then I sprayed it with a 
generic hairspray. I wanted to try the hairspray method as well. So I sprayed it with the hairspray before I painted it. Um, so now two methods deep um, that I haven't tried before. And uh, then I wanted to try a paint I haven't tried before. So I got a little can of lacquer uh, blue from Mr. Hobby. And um, the hairspray didn't let sit for more than a minute. And then I put about between three and five coats down. So that way the, the uh, paint would get past the salt and lay flat down on all the surfaces I wanted it to adhere to and um, different different layers or different la um, numbers of coats here and there depending on that hue um, I learned a lot about lacquer paint there uh, compare, compared to acrylic so I let the paint dry and uh, took all the parts in the cab and went under cold running water knocked all the salt off and then uh it looked pretty good from there but then I took a small industrial brush and knocked some more paint off um, with that where, where the hairspray um, didn't let the paint stick too too well which I, I guess is the uh, the rhyme and reason for it there so that we can chip off some more paint that worked well so now I'm, I'm, I'm uh, excited to try the salting and hairspray again in the future so I did that and then I did a little bit of sanding as well here and there not a lot of that um, all my previous weathered builds have been enamel paints for the most part, except for the last one, which was a Jeep, which was all just brushwork and uh, all, all mostly sanding techniques. So it was good to switch it up there. So then I uh, added a lot more detail with brush and a Vallejo um, weathering kit um, and a hand brush and um, just uh, kept adding and adding and went pretty far with it there. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a good old rust bucket. So there's that. I, uh, you know, went, in, went ahead and got all the other parts painted up and detailed with grime and grit and rust and such. And uh, the one thing I liked in particular, which I like about most of the weathered builds I've done, is, is, is adding the detail to the windows and the windshield and, and uh, scratching up the windows and such. You can just take an X-Acto blade and and make cracks in the window just by etching a line in them. So um, that works out pretty well too if you're trying to add damage to windows. And then I, I just do like a black, flat black wash and maybe a little brown and dirty them up. And that's about it. Just lots of lots of little detail. Uh, weather builds take me substantially longer than like a, a newer look or a shiny look, probably two or three times longer overall. Most of you guys know I work pretty quickly on builds overall, but like these weathered ones, they, they get me. So, <laughs> but it was good. It was good to do that. Um, but yeah, getting through was, was difficult. Uh, many of you know, like my father wasn't doing well just five weeks ago. Now uh, he passed away in the midst of, of that build, in fact. So it's, it's just, it's become a trip, a tribute build, uh, to his life. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, I'd imagine he would enjoy it if he's still here. And uh, yeah, I'm proud to have uh, made it in, in his honor. So um, I'm glad to have gotten through it. I felt a sense of relief um, once I finished it. The last few hours of it were super, super emotional. Um, I just I buried a lot of a lot of my heart and, and soul into it. So, uh, but overall, you know. 
it went together well and in fact it went together pretty crooked actually and um which was good um let's say i made i scratched made the bed that's another little um detail there that that worked out really well i used uh, old popsicle sticks from an, a coaster that my girlfriend had made years ago and it was kind of falling apart so i asked her to use it and i was able to uh use all those little um sticks yeah for the bed i took one of them and soaked it in water and then wrapped it around a plastic lid for a tupperware container um strapped it down with rubber bands and let it dry and then you know unbound it and uh it worked out real well i got a nice uh warped piece of wood in the bed there i got a milk crate in the back uh, from iceman collections i'm gonna take some new final photos uh, the lighting was really bad that day i couldn't find great lighting and uh i didn't get as much of the details as i would like to in photo form so expect new photos for the build off part of things so but yeah i think that's about it i um i uh really enjoyed the build uh um i'm excited to to move forward now and uh thank you all out there for your support and i want to thank my family and my girlfriend and everyone for the support and encouragement as always and everyone out there keep building have a good time and uh keep doing your thing make cool stuff and i'll see you guys out there build on Oh, yeah. And Edgar, thanks for having me on here again. Appreciate it, man. See you guys. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dennis, and I'm currently working on two different models, both from Aoshima. And one's a Hilux or Hilux New Old School, and the other one's a Custom. So the paints on them are both from Tropical Glitz. I posted a picture of one of them already with the clear on it, and I'm trying to get them ready for Atlanta here in two weeks. And the good thing about them are that right now they're curbside, so it's a lot less work. But, you know, I'm still trying to make them look nice and everything. The kit goes together really good. So far, the paint and everything has come out spectacular. So when I get them assembled, I can post pictures and show everybody what I'm, you know, what I finished and what I brought out. They're just curbside, but, you know, they're really nice kits. And one of them has a Javri's mini truck wheels on it. And the other one would be using Aoshima wheels. But, you know, I bought something out, you know, to get back into modeling because, you know, you got to have that feel for it to, you know, want to work on something. You know, I've been wanting to work on things for a while now. But, you know, slowly, because I have so many different hobbies, but I'm trying to get back into it slowly. So I got a lot of things on my table, you know, to work on. I need some stuff finished with friends and everything. But that's what I'm working on right now. And... You know, they're looking, they're looking really good. Looking really good. And I can't wait to share it with everybody, you know, once I get done. And hopefully my vision comes the way I want it to come out. So I'm looking forward to showing everybody what I came out with. And just to share it with the community, with everybody out there listening to Scale Riders podcast and everything. So thanks for listening to my little story. It's not long, you know, but... Let you know what I'm working on and, yeah, what I'm doing. So, like I said, it's it's a it's a curbside. I got a few other cars that I'm working on also, and hopefully I get them done by next year. I have a Monte Carlo I've been working on forever, and got a car haul I'm working on in a dually. 
and hopefully next year I can get them done. You know, it's just finding the time between family and everyday life and work and other hobbies that I have that I do and just trying to to use my time wisely, which is like for all of us really hard to do because we have one thing on mind, but then when we start doing it, we do something totally different or it takes longer than what we planned on doing. But I'm going to try to bring out more models. I need to get back into it, work on more than just one or two a year. I need to do a few more, you know. But when you do models and you have a certain criteria that you try to do and outdo yourself, you become your own worst enemy. So a lot of you out there listening, I hope you see what I'm talking about. And, you know, I'm probably going through the same thing I'm going through because sometimes you just don't feel like doing nothing. And then when you feel like doing something, it's at the last minute. And then you rush, you either mess up or anything like that. But hopefully, you know, you get out of that that slump. And that's what I'm trying to do, get out of that slump. You know, I look at my models every day. You know, I always have a vision. And, you know, listen to the podcast, listen to everybody else that inspires you. Go on to shows, you know, and inspires me. And it should inspire you guys, too. And people who can get out there, get out there to some shows and just have fun. You meet people. Have a good time. And thanks, Edgar. And... Putting on Scale Riders podcast, or everybody can hear all these stories from everybody else. And this is just a little story for me. Thank you, guys. Hey, this is Scott from Scott Scale Builds. Edgar had reached out to me a couple days ago to explain a process that I use on wet sanding and polishing my models after a uh, clear coat job. Uh, usually, I'll wait about three to five days after the clear coat has fully cured until I start doing anything at all with any kind of sanding or anything. So once you've verified that you're good and cured so you could actually do stuff, uh, you'll start with your wet sanding process. <clears throat> I use a wet sanding sponge. Uh, Stevens International is the company of sponges that I use, and they the grits go from 3,200 to 12,000 grit. I'll usually start with a 3600 grit, but it all depends on what your clear coat job actually looks like with the amount of orange peel that you have. Uh, if you could spray it out really good and it lays down super smooth, then you can pretty much start out with a 3600 grit or a 4000 grit. Um, what I usually do is I'll take a small bowl of water and put a couple of drops of dish soap in it just to sort of give it a little bit of lubrication while you sand and just kind of make it easier on yourself uh, when you start you'll want to make sure that you go left to right or up and down but whichever direction that you start sanding so if you're sanding the left or right side of the car and you're wanting to do a door or something you go left to right first so front to back of the car that grit you're going to sand front to back on the entire car so every panel you'll you'll make sure you sand that one direction and you'll sand it to completion till you feel like it's good enough that you have gotten the orange peel out or enough of it to where you feel comfortable with a, a finish that you want. And then you will take your water and the body of the car, completely rinse the bowl out, put new water in it with a couple of uh, drops of dish soap, and you'll want to wash the body of the car as well. What this does is it gets all the grit from the previous sandpaper that you were using so you're not contaminating that again with the finer grit and the next step uh that that's pretty important because you could really mar up a surface if you're sanding with 6,000 grit and there's 
3200 or 2000 grit still floating around the bowl or on the body of the car uh, that that really would kind of defeat the whole purpose but whenever you get that done and changed everything out and wash your body you'll the next grit that you sand with you'll go the opposite direction of what you sanded previously so if you started left to right on a door you're going to go up and down same with with the trunk if you went left to right you're going to go up and down so anything on the car that you sanded the opposite direction of you're going to do the complete opposite with that that new grit and that'll go on until you go from the 3600 or 4000 whatever you start with all the way up to 10 or 12000 if you want to go that far uh, just when you sand you want to make sure that the sponge actually does the work you don't want to bear down too hard if you bear down too hard you could have underlying sand marks that kind of won't come out and you'll see them at the final couple of stages of polishing and um that really really is kind of disappointing whenever you've done all that work and, and you can't get the underlying scratches out and you think well what did i do wrong uh just just really let the paper and the sponge do the work don't really give it too much pressure that that really makes a huge difference i'd also like to add that whenever you are sanding all this stuff if you have a sharp edge like a body line or like edge of a fender or bumper or something like that maybe even the top of the door or the drip rail or something like that on a truck or car that you're working on take some tape and tape those areas off you don't have to tape the whole entire panel just make sure you lay the edge of the tape right over that high area uh, body line or whatever it is in order to avoid sanding through that down to the primer or all the way down to the plastic that's pretty pretty important because it's super easy especially if you don't have a lot of coats of paint or clear on one to just cut right through and, and go all the way back down to plastic or primer and have to start all the way over again if you follow these steps your wet sanding job should be pretty straightforward and no hassles uh, just make sure like i said don't go too heavy-handed tape off any edges always wash the body and change the water out in between grits and you'll you'll have a pretty good finish to start polishing on now we're going to move on to polishing once you've got all your wet sanding completed and body cleaned again this is the process that I use. It involves using a Dremel or a similar tool to that. Uh, and also there are small polishing pads that you can get that chuck up inside of a end of a Dremel or whatever tool you may have. These are found on Amazon and I can send Edgar a link if anybody's interested. Maybe he could uh, start carrying them or either send you guys a link or something like that or post it up on on his page or something but hopefully it'll help you guys out these are pretty much the same kind of pad that you would use when you polish a one-to-one -one car so each pad will have a different softness to it so it starts out from like a coarse to a medium and then a fine or a extra fine um, i usually start with a coarse grade pad and a cutting compound and the compound that I use is a Meguiar's Ultimate Compound or either a Meguiar's Scratch X 2.0. Um, these work pretty well. I haven't had any bad luck with them. I use a lot of different compounds since I detail one-to-one -one cars. But this is just something that's not going to break your bank and and kind of goes a long way for what it is for what we do with, with model cars and smaller bodies and stuff like that. 
but you'll want to take your compound in the green pad in this set that you'll get and you will prime the pad which is basically taking some compound and putting it on your pad rubbing it into the pad and then taking that pad and rubbing it on the surface of the car to sort of spread the, the compound out and get it ready to work. Once you've spread the compound around on the surface of the car without turning your machine on, you'll then turn the machine on the lowest speed setting that it has. So my Dremel, the lowest speed setting is like a five or something, I believe. And um, once that's on, whenever you touch the surface of the car, you're gonna wanna continuously move. So whenever you start working an area You'll want to go in a crosshatch pattern, uh, which is like left and right overlapping each other. And then once you've completed left to right, then you'll go up and down. The speed that you'll be working with will be pretty consistent and will not require very much pressure. If you put too much pressure on it, you'll wind up burning through your paint and clear and going down to the plastic or even worse, you know, warping a panel. Uh, it's very possible to warp a panel, especially if you put a lot of heat to it and have a lot of speed to your pad while it's rotating. So constant movement and low pressure is very important in order to avoid doing this. Once you've used that crosshatch pattern and worked the product in until it pretty much disappears or turns a oily looking consistency, this lets you know it is worked to the point of being wiped off or the end of its life. So you'll, you'll want to wipe that off, but you'll want to wipe it off with a very good quality microfiber cloth. Not, not a utility microfiber cloth or anything like that. Nothing cheap that you get from like, a, like the parts store or Walmart or something like that. You'll want a higher GSM cloth. Uh, the higher the number, the, the more plush the cloth will be and the softer it will be, which will result in no marring or scratching pretty much taking away all the hard work that you've just done to, to get that finish. Um, so just keep that in mind. Use a really good plush microfiber cloth that's a, that's a good quality, and you won't be taking 20 steps back once you've done all that work. Once you've wiped the surface off after that first round or so of polishing with compound, you'll want to assess it and see that you're actually doing something. Uh, so you'll start to see, you should start to see pretty immediately that all those sand and scratches are starting to come out and uh, you'll see a lot of improvement in the surface. Um, sometimes it might take one or two passes with uh, the cutting compound, uh, depending on which level of coarseness you went through with sandpaper. I usually go up to 12,000, so I'm usually knocking out the cutting compound phase with one pass and I'm ready to go to polishing after that. But if you went only to say 6,000 or something like that, or I've heard some people that polish and only do 2000 grit and really, I mean, you, you got to polish pretty hard and you, you run the risk of burning through stuff. But, uh, once you've, you've wiped it off and, and seen whether or not you're doing anything, like I said, you might have to repeat that process again, but you're going to want to do that through the whole body of the car. So use that same process on each panel, just covering one panel at a time, taking your time. Just remember to move move the polisher consistently, not that much pressure and, and on the lowest speed setting. This way you'll assure that you're not gonna burn anything up or anything like that. Uh, once you've went through all the compounding that you need to do on everything, 
you'll want to move to the next step, which will be uh, polish. I usually use Meguiar's Ultimate Polish, and in these polishing pads that I get off Amazon, it is a blue pad, which is a medium pad. Uh, you'll use the same process that you used when you were compounding to do the, the polishing process. Just take your time. Don't don't rush anything. Don't push down too hard. No pressure on, on anything. Keep from burning stuff up. And same as when you're wet sanding. If you got any high areas like body lines or anything like that, like a corner or something, or just an area where you think the paint may be thin, especially on a corner, just take some tape. Tape that little area up, and you don't have to worry about burning through it with the with the buffer because it it will take no time to burn straight through there and go all the way down to to plastic or primer. So just uh, just keep that in mind when you're doing that, and it it should work out pretty well. Once you've polished all panels that need to be polished on the car, you're pretty much done with the process. Uh, you can put a glaze on it if you want to. Uh, that's pretty much overkill but i mean i do it. it it works very well but it's just just another little step to add a little pop to it so uh, i i usually use a adams polishes uh glaze for mine and um it's, it's used with the red pad which is your fine pad but it's it's just only pretty much apply it, it there's no speed or anything you could do it by hand really uh you could put it on with a little that little red pad just rub it on by hand let it haze over wipe it off and it's it's ready to go you, you're ready to uh take it and clean off all the compound or polish or anything that may be stuck in the panel lines uh, i usually take a a super soft toothbrush and just run it under the water in the sink and just scrub the panel lines and um it's it's pretty much done and one one last step that i do that i've just recently started doing is i apply a ceramic spray to to my models uh, this really really makes some pop and and also kind of deters fingerprints just a little bit it doesn't really matter which brand of ceramic spray you use because there's so many out there right now uh, i just use whatever i pick up that i may have in the garage uh, you could you could use I'm, i think mcguire's even makes a, a ceramic spray that i'm pretty sure is is, is good i haven't used it yet but uh, just pick up whatever you could afford. I mean, this nothing, nothing really that this very necessary. It's just something to add that little pop to it at the end. Uh, if you guys could do all that, then you'll you'll pretty much have a really good finish on your model. If if everything works out right and you just take your time, I really hope this has helped you guys. Um, if you have any questions or anything, uh, don't hesitate to shoot me a message on Instagram, uh, Scott Scale Builds. I'll, I'll try to help any way I can. I, I enjoy helping people with understanding this process. I've helped a lot of people even with the 2K clear spraying process. So um, I enjoy it. So like I said, if anybody has any questions, just shoot me a message. I'll be happy to help. Hope this helps, guys. Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Skill Riders Podcast number 188. It was fun putting this together. Shoutouts and thank you to Brandon, Andres, Alcamacho, Javier, Dennis Matthews, and Scott Scale Builds for providing all this information and content to make this episode possible. Uh, there will be more episodes like this in the future. 
Uh, so far right now, I kind of been doing them like once a month, uh, but eventually it'll evolve into maybe a couple in a month, you know. Uh, next week, I'll be, you know, going back to interview, you know, a guest as a show. How, you know, I guess, what would you say, like regular programming or whatever? I don't know. But anyways, um, I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes, you know, um, every week trying to provide new content and just interviews and, you know, just love hearing the stories from everybody and the experiences because it's always new. Um, you know, everybody has a different take and, you know, us modelers, we're everywhere. We're in different parts of the world. So it's always nice to hear that different uh, perspective and also just the stories of, you know, seeing things for the first time, um, tinkering it with it, uh, trying to figure out where can I get more and just being exposed to a lot of different things, you know, so that's uh, very cool like that. And, you know, and as the more episodes we do uh, like these involving with the community, uh, they will evolve. Uh, they'll be a little bit structured, a little better, I would say. Right now, you know, it's um, um, just going with the flow. Going with the flow and just trying to figure out what would be the best uh, way to structure an episode like this. Uh, they are fun to do, though. I mean, I, I love listening to the clips and just kind of editing and putting the whole thing together. It's like a project, you know, and um, and then just having enough time to piece it all together, which is like super fun uh, right there. Right now, I'm recording using um, one of my AirPods, just trying to see how this sounds uh, compared to without them. So if you just notice a difference, um, that's pretty much what it's going to be right there. And, you know, there's a lot of different model builds. I have on my table currently. I'm still um, working on my Liberty Walk Lamborghini. Uh, there's also a Gloria that I just popped open the other day. It has this really nice and, and unique, like, body kit that it reminds me a lot of the Pozuzoku-style cars from Japan. And I got it all glued up. Um, I added some styrene to it primer i'm i'm just haven't really decided yet um as far as the paint i'm just uh kind of you know looking online getting some inspirations trying to see like you know what color would i want to do next because um i, I almost feel like i want to do a pearl color um i constantly you know been doing a lot of blues a lot of dark colors now I just want to see what else I can do with like some pearls. It's been a while. I miss uh, spraying pearl paint. So um, that's one. I'll end up posting photos of it later. I haven't posted anything, any progress of it, but that's been one that's been super fun putting together. And at the same time, you know, I have uh, the high ace band. That's another one that's uh, in the works. There's also uh, the, um, Another highest fan that has the vanning additional parts that go onto it. So that one's primered. It's in a, in a little plastic case that I uh, purchased a while back. So I just kind of put it in there so this way it doesn't get uh, dusty at all, you know. And um, and then there's that GTR, the blue GTR with the Bayside Blue. Uh, that's another one. And, I mean, a, a lot of these cars, you know, I've been rotating them. Doing the rotations have been super fun, uh, keeping things fresh. And, you know, I, I get excited staring at them, seeing, like, at the different um, steps, like, that they're at, getting close to the completion 
uh, portion because I did enjoy them during the bodywork process. I enjoyed them uh, during the primer stages and then now the paint and now they have the clear um, added on there too. Now to give you guys an update on the Scale Riders online web store, scaleriders.com. Uh, we do have some new items that did appear from, you know, from the previous recording that we did. And we now have Scale Riders cement holders for the Tamiya bottles. You could also fit your panel line bottles on there. And you should also be able to fit those, uh, those Mr. Hobby uh, square bottles as well. And there's also a holder for the CA. Uh, glue from Bob Smith Industries that we have and also uh, a holder for your decal solution the microsole and microset uh, those are all under the scale writers uh, section on the website and we finally restocked on some uh, scale motorsport we were out of stock on a lot of that carbon fiber you know uh, it, I trip out how much uh, carbon fiber is used um, Back then, you know, I would see it, but I wasn't really paying too much attention to it. You know, I'm talking about like two years ago or so, but now, you know, it's, I'm aware of it. It's in front of me and it's, I see it in a lot of builds and I mean, it makes a big difference. It looks very beautiful. Uh, we did add more items aside from the carbon fiber uh, that we didn't have before on the website. Uh, we now have their uh, decal vault, which is like a, like a folder-ish um, kind of uh, protective, you know, it, it's uh, it's pretty much the quality. It's a museum quality archival paper. So your leftover decals, whatever you open up out of the packaging, you can slide it in this, you can fold it and you can protect it. So this way, um, you know, it's, uh, it's stored away on the outside. It also has like little lines where you can write the date of when you, possibly purchased it or you last used. So this way you kind of keep records of that too. Make it kind of fun right there. Uh, we also got some of that Fox fabric textured spray paint that can be used for like the interiors, uh, for the seats. It could also be, um, you know, sprayed in the trunk or tonal covers. Like there's just various uh, things. It sprays in a red, but you know, obviously you can paint over that as well uh, to get that color. Uh, another thing was like their cutting mat, bicycle motorsport, their hobby knife, and microfiber. If you come across those items and by now if they're sold out, I mean, we will be stocking more of it. Uh, you know, they're just, they're really neat to see. I always like seeing like branded items uh, come out. So I was like, dude, I got to uh, get these into the store. And moving on to uh, Gun Primer. It's another brand uh, that we recently received. Um, of, like a restock shipment. We were out of stock of some of their stuff for a while and we did uh, receive the Grita, which is pretty much a scriber. Uh, the handle is pretty much like a pen and it has like the small little pin on there attached where you use it, you know, scribe your panel lines and it work, works really well when you're scribing uh, curved areas, circular areas, because the, the tip is not flat. Uh, as opposed to other chisels where they're flat, they're, those are more directed towards like a straight line. Uh, this one here is, is more universal where you could move in different directions there. So that's a really uh, good piece to add to the tools. I use this a lot uh, when I had to uh, 
scribe in a new gas tank onto my Civic. I use the template square with the round edges uh, to to use right as a template, but then I had to use the Grita to scribe inside of it. And I mean, I had it taped down and everything. And yeah, I mean, I, I was a little worried, but uh, everything went smooth and it came out really clean. It almost just looks like it came, like the kit came like that. Um, there's also the uh, the balancer. There's a balancer gray and a balancer white. Um, th these are very uh, fine uh, sanding sticks. Uh, well, more like pads. The uh, the one that's the white, that's more of an ultra fine abrasive. It comes in a three pack. And then you also have the balancer gray, which is more, a little bit more aggressive, the scratch remover. So um, these are ones that you can use uh, hand in hand together. Uh, I've seen people use them and tell me about glass. They use them to clean a lot of the glass on there. So it, um, it looks really, really nice. Uh, there's also this new product they came out with, the the runner clip. So they have a starter kit that's pretty nice. And then there's also an add-on uh, runner clip, which comes with like four uh, pieces on there. And pretty much what this is, the runner clip is, uh, it holds onto the uh, your tree. Runner clips, it has all the parts. So, if you know, if you're building a Gundam or even a, a car kit or a motorcycle kit and you have all these uh, trees spread out and you know we we always tend to stack them on top of each other and we always have to dig for them but if you kind of want to spread them out and have them uh, standing up you could use uh, these stands these runner clip stands they clip onto the bottom and they hold it up uh, you'll be able to see pictures of it through our uh, uh, website on there um, on that it looks it looks uh, super neat and also, um, there's a new shipment that's coming in. Uh, it won't arrive until uh, next uh, next week. But we will be carrying um, some of the Alclad uh, paints as well. Uh, we've gotten a lot of requests for that. So uh, those are coming in. Uh, there's also been requests for Mr. Hobby products. Uh, we're getting more of those in as well. Uh, with Mr. Hobby lately, what came in is like their Mark Softer, their cement uh, bottle. They're also their uh, compounds. They have a, a a coarse, a fine, and a super fine. Uh, so those are new products. And then um, from Ken's Fuzzy Fur, we did get the black and charcoal. Those seem to be like the most uh, sought after uh, fuzzy furs that we tend to sell out quite quickly when we when we get those in. But we still have uh, black, and we have more uh, coming in right there. And um, the MagnaCraft magnets are also available as well. So there's just a lot of variety of uh, different things. HIQ parts, uh, color chips, circular masking, sticker tape is also um, up there on the site. But next week, uh, look out for some Alclad stuff. That's going to be coming in. Uh, we do have some listed, but uh, we're still adding more uh, daily. So by the time it should be in by next week, uh, you should be able to see what's available from Alclad. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed that episode and be checking out. So uh, keep on building, guys. Peace out. And just before we go, a word from Armando Flores. Thank you, Armando.
Let's pick out the pieces. This is Armando Flores from Masterpieces Association. And I have experienced the car model culture for 30 years and still doing it. I enjoy it. I love it. One of my favorite car model is a 1964 Impala. That's the one that is always, I have fun with it. It, it opens different ideas. But there's many. There's uh, AMTs, there's AMPC, Revels, Tamaya, and I have experienced all those too. But most of all, I gained so many friends through the car model industry. And uh, I've been working on this Genocide Car Club presentation that I'm going to do next year. And it's going to be called The Pink Motel. And this is inspired by their party that they do every year. And um, I can't wait to start building that pink motel because it's crazy. But right now I'm working on this Heart of Gold. It's a 64 Impala, one of my favorites. And uh, man, I've been having so much fun because the challenge is there. and. If I can accomplish accomplish that, then I'm gonna be satisfied with that. But there's like plenty cars from Genocide. And uh, I'm gonna have people work on some other models for that presentation. So I can't wait for next year. And uh, also I wanna say, you know, thank you Scale Riders. It's a platform that you know, I will keep supporting and I would like to see modelers as an artist now. I don't want to see them as a, just a car model builder or whatever. I want them to think that we are artists. We all have different ideas. And as long as you enjoy those ideas, that's what counts no matter what anybody says. So I wanna thank, thank Edgar for providing us with these great stories. I mean, I can't believe that he's almost to 200 podcast and everyone is great. Every, everyone has a flavor. Has, you always learn from any podcast. And if you're a new listener and you haven't listened to the previous ones, I recommend you listen to them because there's a lot of history that no one has provided the world regarding car models. So have a great time. Enjoy the models and let's pick up the pieces.